I really want the title though to be Pablo Escobar's Hippos, but that will not. That's not. It's not it. But it's, it's such thing. a good. It's Maybe such it a is. Story. Yeah, she literally went to that math conference for. Yeah. And she's like, you will never guess what yeah. this session title yeah. is. Yeah. She like emailed me yeah, in the middle of the conference. Yeah. Oh, man. Welcome to Hallway Conversations. We're a trio of educators who have plenty of questions about teaching and learning and school culture, and we believe in the value of reflection and collaboration as we seek to keep growing as teachers. This podcast is our place for thinking out loud together about issues in education and why they might matter to Christian educators. Welcome to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Hallway Conversations. My name is Matt Beamers. I'm Abby DeGrill. And I'm Dave Mulder. In a book titled Visions of Vocation, Common Grace for the Common Good, often... Let's start again. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Hallway Conversations. My name is Matt Beamers. I'm Abby DeGrill. And I'm Dave Mulder. In a book titled Vision of Vocation, Common Grace for the Common Good, author Stephen Garber says, quote, we know in our deepest place how hard it is to keep our eyes open on the complexity of the broken world around us, to keep feeling the pains of the world that is not the way it is supposed to be, and knowing the difficulties, choosing to engage it rather than being numbered by it. Friends, it is hard to believe now, but I did not know my partners, Dave and Abby, 30 months ago. In fact, this is the introduction yeah. I used when we <laughs> did this for the Jump first again, time. Jump again, right? <laughs> Slowly and over time, I began to build a relationship with them in the hallway outside of our offices. We found ourselves having conversations that were at times lighthearted and jovial, and other times they were more serious, that we helped each other keep our eyes open to the complexity of the broken world and to imagine possibilities. It is through those rich conversations that the idea for this podcast was birthed. And so as we begin a new season, just providing context from anybody that's listening for the first time. And to quote Rich Mao, this has become a place where we can play around with a few ideas. Mm -hmm. Our deep hope here is to create safe space that will hopefully bring some joy to your life, but also encourage you to re-engage in a world and a profession where things are not always as they should be. Amen. And while teaching and education in these conversations can be and should be a serious business, we also try not to take ourselves too seriously. Whether on the podcast or in the hallway, we not only like to poke fun and laugh with and at each other, often at Abby, um, but <laughs> also fair. to carry each other's burdens as we think this is what it means to live in Christian community. So if you are new to Hallway Conversations, welcome. If you're a faithful listener, thank you. The general format is that we often bring a topic or a question. We just circle around it and explore our own thinking. We also appreciate getting questions from you, our listeners and audience. So if you have time in the future, please email us or even send us a recording of your question to hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. That's hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. That was a little bit of a trip down memory lane for me because we, we used to open with that. And I just thought, again, as we begin an, another season, um, you know, we're not quite at our 100th episode. Getting closer, though. We're this getting closer. 80, 83, and I think. And if you would have said we had 100 episodes in us, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know if I would have signed up for this. No, no. <laughs> Sorry, man. We keep going at this. <laughs> So first of all, happy Happy New Year! Happy so, New Year! Happy New Year! Good, mm-hmm. to see, good to see you, folks. Now, the listeners can't see this, and maybe I don't know if it's possible to put a picture of this oh. up on our um, on the website where we host our podcast. But this is a big week in the education pod for a number of reasons, but primarily because I have the initial copy of Dr. Dave Mulder's upcoming book. 
titled Always Becoming, Never Arriving, Developing an Imagination for Teaching Christianly. It is 160 or 170 pages of pure gold. I, I don't know chance. about that, brother. No, <laughs> it, it matches the paper. The paper. No, I had a chance to read through it, um, start reading through it last night. And first of all, Dave, congratulations. Yes, congratulations. This, is, this is a Thank huge you. deal. It is. I, I can't I tell you guys. Think, but. I just think of all the time and energy you've put into it, but mm-hmm. also the wisdom. And I also think about, and I hope this is the right language, I was, what is the potential of this book yeah. for future and current um, educators, whether in Christian schools or public schools? Mm-hmm. And so I just want to name that and just say thank you for mm-hmm. Um, taking the risk, being yeah. vulnerable, and putting your ideas out there. So, Dave, can you, can you just talk a little bit about the process of this book? Sure. I don't know the yeah. time. I don't know. Just talk a little bit about it. You're you're an author. This I, is a big deal. But I'm blushing over here. Yeah. God, that. <laughs> sure. Can yeah. you share a little bit with oh, us? I'm happy to. So, this this book has been a long time coming. Actually. Um, I, I've taught intro to ed as long as I've taught here at Dort, and this is going to be the textbook that we use for that course, okay. at least for the foreseeable future. And that I don't say that lightly. Uh, the text I've been using was written by John Van Dyke, who both I think very highly of John. And I feel like I wrote this sitting on his shoulder. Um, yeah. You know, I, uh-huh. he's a giant, oh, and, and this idea that like somehow I'm writing a successor. I, I, and I guess I'd say that if you've read Letters to Lisa, I think of this as kind of the spiritual successor of that book. It's it's different in a lot of ways, but um, kind of that sense of. How do I pass on the things that I've learned about teaching Christianly to folks who, for whom that might be a new idea? Mm-hmm. And and so that's kind of the whole um, idea of this, right? I, I say always becoming, never arriving. That's something that I've talked about with the first-year students that I teach in intro to ed and, and grad students too, actually. This whole idea that we never actually arrive. On this side of glory, we're never going to mm-hmm. arrive, right, mm-hmm. in, in so many ways. But as teachers too, um, it's it's a process of becoming, and Absolutely. we get better as time goes on. Like, I'm way better today than I was 25 mm-hmm. years ago when I started, right? But I only see the gap, like all those places that I could still keep getting better. And yeah, and, and I know, I know that I'm better than I used to be. And I think that's true for all of us as teachers. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't settle, right? You shouldn't just have your one first year of teaching and then p- press repeat, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've got to keep refining and, and revising. Um, but yeah, I guess that's kind of the, the idea of this. And then I'm, I, the subtitle, Developing an Imagination for Teaching Christianly, is something I've just become so convinced of the last couple of years in particular. Um, teaching is work of imagination. Mm-hmm. It, it is work it's creative. of... Absolutely. Yeah. It, we're designing things. We're, we're creating things. We're generating things. And I see that in the students that I've been teaching, Gen Z's uh, now mostly, that somehow they don't... F- think about what teaching is really about. They can't, I guess, right? They're, they're students. They think like mm-hmm. students. And how do I help them flip that from thinking like a student to thinking like a teacher? And I think they have to develop an imagination. You, you have to be able to do that kind of creative, imaginative, generative right. work. So yeah. I don't know. All of that wrapped up together, I guess. Dave, when you used to, this uh, concept of developing an imagination, um, just putting on the spot, what, what are some things... Because I think the key word on there, like the idea of developing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how do you, how do we help teachers, yeah. aspiring teachers, or even current teachers, the process of development? Like mm-hmm. how do you create the conditions 
for that to develop? Like, right, yeah, right. what comes to mind? If I can so, so I actually talk a little bit about this in one of the chapters in the book where I first introduced that idea of an imagination for teaching. And there's two concepts that I think we have to embrace as, as teachers if we're going to be serious about developing an imagination. We have to practice, well, develop playfulness and then be willing to practice, mm. right? So playfulness and practice are, are the two um, big ideas. I mean, this is my take on it. I, I'm just dreaming here a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think sometimes you hear imagination, you think like just pretend like little kids yeah. uh, do and stuff. And that's not all bad to, yeah. to just pretend, right? And I think especially as you begin as a teacher, you do kind of just act mm-hmm. like a teacher and stumble your way through mm-hmm. it. And Parker Palmer talks about that idea, like uh, technique is what you use until the real teacher shows up. And yeah, like we can get so far with technique, but then there comes a point where your technique starts to break down until you're just your authentic self, right? So being able to be playful, um, being willing to take some small risks and and try things and Mm -hmm. see what develops uh, as a result of that. Um, But then to commit to this as practice, right? Like anything that you want to get good at, you just got to keep practicing. Mm -hmm. How do you get good at shooting a basketball? You go practice. How do you get good at playing your violin? You go practice, right? And and so that's kind of the idea for me. When when we think about developing an imagination, we have to be willing to play and we have to be willing to commit to just keep practicing, trying it, learning from Mm -hmm. it, uh, reflecting on what worked and what didn't work and keep doing the things that did work and stop doing the things that didn't work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Abby, when we, I'm thinking about this idea of like uh, play, teaching is a serious business, mm-hmm. and yet Dave's talking about playfulness and imagination. How do you, in your practice, because you think deeply, you both think deeply about practice, and you're both imaginative and creative in your pedagogy and your teaching student learning opportunities, how do you balance, hey, this is serious, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, but it's also playful. I don't know. That feels like a paradox yeah. to me. So mm-hmm. putting you on the spot as well, what kind of comes to mind? Because yes. because when I watch you teach, yeah. there is a play there's a playfulness in your classroom and yet man, there is learning happening here and yet I, how do you Right. And do you plan for that even? <laughs> we are just going lighthearted. This is a good question. Yeah. It's, a, it's a really good question. And I, I appreciate you noticing that. And I think it's true. I don't know that I have a how do I do it answer. Mm-hmm. I have to think about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my, my thought as soon as you're saying that is this comes back to the idea of like, yes, we can practice things and we can get better at yeah. them. But a lot of times the reason you practice it is because you internalize it then. So right. you don't think so hard about it. Right. And and so I think that's one of the weird things about this whole idea of developing an imagination. Like you have to practice being imaginative at first. You have to be really intentional about being imaginative and playful at first. And then it kind of just becomes your way of being in the world. Right. I think. Right. And I, I think for my part, I was talking earlier with the two of you before we started recording about how I taught freshmen this year for the first time in, well, I taught them last year too, but in, in a course outside of education. Yeah, right. And um, I think that they're always surprised by how much I expect from them as far as interaction. And so I think part of my playfulness practice is being willing to listen and go off of what they actually have to contribute and mm. say, right? Because they provided some, like, 
really good stuff in that class and that I that I'm willing to listen and go off of and follow threads and so I think and I'm thinking of even my seniors too it's the same right so when I open it up and and they know that what they are about to say is actually going to be valued and incorporated into whatever we're talking about Mm -hmm. so many possibilities for humor and story and connection um, present themselves just because I don't ever expect my voice to be the only one for a class period. Mm -hmm. I would hate that, actually. Mm -hmm. And so I specifically design classes around the expectation that students will contribute. And I think that opens it up to playfulness and humor where because like they're way funnier than I am so (laughs) you know providing that opportunity and being willing to to laugh and to have that making space for for the students too right right? that this classroom isn't my space it's our space right and and how do you how do you invite students into that well Mm -hmm. you got to get yourself out of the way sometimes that's what I'm hearing you say right you're willing to like step back so that you can make space and I understand that there are certain very low-hanging fruit that increase like student participation, right? So, yeah. for example, I randomly one day got the idea to do like a musical chairs discussion yeah. situation nice. and added like actual music. Oh yeah, yeah. right for for the and it, it was such a and I I chose Disney songs because uh, that's the playlist. Gonna, I thought you were going to go classic eighties no. for sure. No, so I chose Disney songs and the way that they like responded to the oh, yeah. to yeah. like the hit Disney songs of their childhood yeah. during musical chairs. That's amazing, right? <laughs> like so. Things like that, that yeah. just, honestly, I didn't plan that. It came, yeah. like, it literally came to me in the moment in yeah. the classroom. I had planned the discussion activity, yeah. mm-hmm. but then just, like, little things that I'm like, oh, maybe if I, because mm-hmm. they were a little quiet that day, so I'm like, let's spice yeah. it up. Yeah. So I don't really plan it, I guess. But but a willingness to try something, even on yeah. a whim like that, that yeah. you have enough confidence in your pedagogy, in, in the plan that you've developed mm-hmm. to say, like, on the fly, I'm capable of, mm-hmm. well, what if we did this? What if we did this? And right. those are those kinds of small risks that I'm talking about, I think, right? right? The, right. Do, you have a Di- do you have a Disney song that you're most partial to? Like, the listeners <laughs> want to know. I am a big fan of Moana's music. Oh, oh. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's right. my go-to, I'd say, That's right it. now. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, as you're as you're okay, talking, so. Abby, I'm thinking about the the phrase "plan tight, hang loose." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would you feel like that's part of like, hey, like you're because I know you're well planned. You're a planner, mm-hmm. and yet you're create you're talking about like, well, there's a threat or there's an opportunity. So totally, I am not a micro detailed planner of a class. I plan mm-hmm. broad strokes. Okay, mm-hmm. so that creates literally space for imagination right. and, mm-hmm. and I plan I plan in time blocks and I use like my slides to do and I have discussion questions and activities yeah. but very much not like this is my plan and I can't deviate from it okay. one of the th- one of the things I'm looking at your book Dave and I'm fascinated by the title always becoming never arriving mm. and I'll admit when I saw that for the first time I looked at the phrase never arriving <laughs> And I might have let out an audible sigh. Oh man! Uh, yeah, <laughs> because there is a sense of like, what? What do you mean? Like, mm-hmm. like I'm on this. Like I'm on the journey. You but mean I'm, I'm never? I'm not going to get, get there. there. So yeah, yeah. I guess for both of you, especially as we're beginning a new year now. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just thinking about like, what? Yeah, what is that? How do you maintain optimism? Or how do you even? Are there things that you're looking at? I mean, even though we may never arrive, that you're like, hey, so I don't want to say New Year's resolutions or just, I don't know, things for you yeah, that yeah. as you think about about those words. How do you not get discouraged by that? 
And are there things that you're specifically intentionally planning for this new year that yeah might keep you mm-hmm. motivated, for lack of a better one? It's not the right mm-hmm. word. But. No, but I think that there's something there too, right? Like for, for me, finding something that I know I need to keep working at, yeah. that is actually motivating for me because mm-hmm. because I know I haven't arrived yet. But and how so, do you not get this? How long have you been a teacher yeah, for? Yeah, 25 years. So for yeah. 25 yeah. years... So I totally get that, right. but do you not have moments where you're like, man, I thought 25 be... <laughs> years, like, how am I not? I thought I'd be better yeah. than I am now. Yeah, right? well, yeah. yeah that's what I'm saying. It's right, like, right. how do you, because I know you're reflective. I know yeah. you take your practice seriously. Yeah. So how do you balance the, well, yeah, balance that. Yeah, so for me, part of it is novelty is huge, right? And I think that's true for human beings mm-hmm. in general. It's how God created us to be. Yeah. The novel thing is often the thing that captures our attention, right. captures our imagination, for that matter. Um, and so for me, if there is a way that I can find something that is going to be new or novel and use that as the springboard yeah. to keep growing, and actually this book is going to be that for me because now I wrote down all the things that I've said at Ed 101, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it's like, what am I going to say in class now? Like, they'll right. read the book, and I'm like, oh, no. And so that does. Like, it pushes my pedagogy forward in yeah. that, too, because all of a sudden it's like, okay, so they're going to read my thoughts before they come to class. So I'm not just going to go and keep talking in class then. How am I going to mm-hmm. twist things to make it more conversational? And it always was kind of a discussion-oriented course before yeah. this, too. But it's going to be less of me talking. And I think that's actually going to have to make some changes in my pedagogy. Yeah. And I'm excited about that, but it also is a little scary because I'd, I'd be lying if I said otherwise, right? right? I'm standing on the cusp of this thing where I know a way of doing it that's been successful. And yet I think this is going to be better yeah. moving forward. I don't know that because I haven't done it yet. Yeah. And I have ideas of how it's going to go, but we'll, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about for you, Abby, if you think about this idea, always becoming a better teacher, always becoming more a more faithful practitioner, mm-hmm. never arriving and getting there, being fully faithful in what it means to teach Christianly. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you not get discouraged right. in that, or what? What gives you hope that right. even though you're never going to get there? I think teaching is so complex, and human beings are so complex oh, yeah. that I have no illusion that mm. it's ever going to be yeah. perfect this side of heaven, mm-hmm. right? Like. Yeah. That's, well, pretty, that's, that's pretty easy for me to explain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then how do you yeah. not wallow in that? Because, because that can yeah. be, that can yeah, be an Because I think it can still be good. Yeah. Right? Can you talk about that a little? Yeah, I think, I think there are always going to be students that don't resonate with something for whatever reason. Sometimes mm-hmm. that's something I've overlooked. Sometimes that's something I can't control. Something about the class or the environment or the person they're sitting next to or Mm. um, there are just so many myriad factors that make a a class what it is. And it's a class full of 25 Mm -hmm. human beings. And if you think about everything that goes into that, um, but I do think that there are ways that I can always that I can hit a majority of them. I think there are things in my practice that I know work that I can keep improving. I think novelty is big for me too. I love mm. finding new protocols or new a new video that connects to something mm-hmm. or a new mm-hmm. fact yeah. about something um, that ignites imagination. Um, one of my secondary students I was randomly watching some documentary and found out did you guys know that um the drug lord in South America did right not see this I know, I know. <laughs> this is this is it it's just hang Bubble with me Escobar. yes yep. Escobar introduced hippos 
to South America, and they've become an invasive species. What? Yes. It's like a thing. And she <laughs> and, there's, and there's some math problem that, like, ties into this. So one of my secondary math majors and I got on this kick about Pablo Escobar's hippos, and she, yeah. like, developed, she went to some conference, and somebody was giving a session on it. What? Yeah, no it's like a whole thing, right? So, so things like that. Yeah. That it kind of comes out of left field and you does. weren't expecting it, but it now does, this but turns. But like all of the information and work that we do, like somehow magically comes together in moments <laughs> That's so around cool. Pablo Escobar's hippos. If you have Pablo Escobar's hippos on your bingo card, yeah. listener, please let us know. We yeah. have a, we have Hallie, a gift shout for out. you. Yep. Yeah, shout out to yeah, shout out to Hallie. Wow. Yep. So yeah, I mean, like, just as you're telling that, I can see the the joy. The yeah, joy. it's awesome. It's <laughs> delightful. Yeah. It is delightful. So there are always delightful things. There are always things. I watch, you know, my kids get excited about learning and books and information, and I just know there's a lot of good, even though it's not perfect and it yeah. can't mm, be perfect. Yeah. There's still yeah. a lot of good to be had, and I just yeah. have to give the rest up and say, you can use that too. Yeah, God. absolutely. Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm struck by C.S. Lewis. Have you all read the Chronicles of Narnia yep. books oh, yeah. and, and the yeah. seventh book? No, no spoilers here, but but there's this great bit uh, where they're in Aslan's kingdom, and mm-hmm. you know, and this whole idea of uh, further up and deeper in, right? yeah, 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 and and it's like things become realer and truer and and more how they're supposed to be because they're in Aslan's kingdom, and I mean Aslan is Jesus, so let's just yeah. say that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that for us as Christian educators, well, for me as a Christian educator, that that's kind of the trying to the kind of vision I'm trying to have, like that further up and deeper in kind of vision, yeah. uh, being in Aslan's kingdom, being in Jesus' kingdom. How do I help open students' eyes to that too? And I guess that never gets old for me. Yeah. That, I, that I know I can do better than I'm doing right now. Yeah. I know I can be because I'm not there yet. Right. right. And so I guess that's the and the, to be encouraged by that yeah. instead of discouraged. That, that, that this is the opportunity, and I know I always come back to we get to do this. Yeah. This is not yeah. something I have to yeah. do. I get to do this. I get to come yeah. alongside students and try to open their eyes to the mm-hmm. the wonders yeah. of this world too mm-hmm. yeah. friends we know that your time is valuable and we want to thank you for joining us in the hallway today thank you for your, the good god delighting work that you're doing in your communities and we hope that the lord gives you what you stand in need of this week finally we'd like to send you into the, your day or this week with this blessing so to our listeners whom we are so thankful for may the lord bless you and keep you may the lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you may the lord turn his face towards you and give you peace and give you peace and give you peace Amen. Thanks for listening, everyone. We hope you have a good week. This podcast was literally dreamed up during one of our actual Hallway Conversations. Our music is by Ethan Mulder. Hallway Conversations is created and produced by Matt Beamers, Abby DeGroat, and Dave Mulder. Hey, we have a favor to ask of you. Would you be willing to rate this podcast or write a review in your podcast app? Or if you found this conversation interesting or helpful, would you consider sharing it on your social media? Those things really do help podcasters out, and we would be so, so grateful. Thanks for listening, friends. Sorry, Abby's a little edgy today. Her kids have been home all week for some time. Forever. (laughs) The longest Christmas vacation we ever had. It's it's interesting how snow days can go from like being at one point like, oh, like it's a snow day to be like, this is not so great. This is not so not so great. Uh, Snow days. Good luck to everybody out there. All right. (laughs)